to the Indigenous Community Podcast, where we highlight Indigenous community doing environment conservation. The number one question I get asked when I tell people to do kayak cleanups on the rivers and lake is, what is the craziest thing I ever found? I think you're going to really like this episode with my friend Ariel Takuma. We discussed our decades-long mission of getting rid of dangerous debris out of the waterways of Central Florida and a good tip on how we can go zero waste at home. Thank you, everyone, who has left a review on Apple Podcasts. It's very heartfelt to read your comments, and I'm going to read some of them here. Sharon J. Wee said, Our indigenous people always value living in harmony with nature, and it's high time we listen to them and follow their example. Thank you. And Clean Miami Beach said, This podcast is really amazing. It connects me to Mother Earth even more. Thank you, Frankie, for sharing and inspiring. That's very kind of you. And last one, we're going to read from Joe from Orlando. This podcast is the Venn Diagram Union of Indigenous Rights, Social Environment Concerns, and Current Events. So thank you, everyone, that left a review, and I hope you enjoy the show. Ariel, thank you so much for taking the time to jump on our podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. Uh, we've been friends for such a long time. And uh, before we start talking about our cleanups and everything we've been together, would you mind to take a time to ground ourselves, maybe by sharing a poem? Yeah, hey, Frank. I hope you've been well. I have a poem, or a haiku, rather, from Matsuo Basho, who's a uh, um, Japanese poet from the 1700s. And I'll read it in Japanese first and then English. Shizuke Saya, Iwani Shimiru, Seminokue. O tranquility, penetrating the very rock, a cicada's voice. And I chose this haiku because it really reminded me of the feeling that I get being out on the water or biking in the middle of nowhere and just the feeling of peace being surrounded by nature. That is awesome. That's such a good poem. And uh, uh, I'm so happy that you were able to share it because being on the water is a feeling like no other. And I think that we kind of trick other people to let us be in the water because we're doing cleanups. You know, <laughs> uh, other people, you know, they say, oh, thank you so much for, you know, cleaning the rivers and lakes. And they make it sound like it's a really hard chore. But for us, it's, such a great way to be out there in the water and it's peaceful. So we really enjoy it. It's a great excuse to, to just enjoy it. Yeah. And we've been doing this for a long time. I mean, I was trying to calculate it's been almost like 11 years that we've been doing cleanups and for all the time we've been doing it together. Uh, but I know that you started a little bit before that I did. How'd you get involved? Yeah, it must've been 2010 or, Around then, um, I was taking classes at Valencia, and one of the classes in particular that sticks with me still is peace studies. And um, there were volunteer opportunities through that class um, to go out and um, present your experience after you, you helped out with whatever group. And the group that I happened to choose was eco action at the time. Um, so I went out on a Saturday or a Sunday and uh, we had these small canoes at the time and we go out for 
three or four hours at a time, a lot longer than, uh, than we go sometimes these days. But we'd go out on the water and, and pick up trash and bring it back in. And yeah, just a assignment kind of turned into a regular thing for me. And yeah, I've been at it with you since, uh, yeah, since around then. Yeah, and then it's pretty fascinating the sense of like you just coming in as a volunteer and then eventually leading your own group of canoe cleanups. And what was a little bit of that journey? You know, how did you uh, get involved as a volunteer and then becoming, you know, a spokesperson? You know, I remember that before we launched, you always came in and give us a talk and told us the reason why we're doing the cleanups. And then now, you know, you're your captain of our new group. How did that uh, journey like go for you? Yeah, totally. I think uh, I was pretty quickly pulled in um, by the leader of, of Equal Action at the time, um, an amazing lady named Beth, Beth Hollenbeck. And um, yeah, she was just a, a magnetic character, you know, and she'd um, give us, like you said, the speeches in the beginning and and just she was so much fun to be around and especially being on the water and enjoying birds and wildlife. And, and she kept that going for a long time. And I think, um, I was probably doing it off and on for five, six, seven years or something like that, uh, throughout college. Um, you know, and I'd, I'd be going every weekend for a while. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of dropped off for me uh, a bit after that, you know, um, Beth got sick and, and eventually um, kind of retired from the whole thing. But uh, yeah, I, I always would think about going on the cleanup on the weekends, even if I wasn't there. And that's kind of stuck with me since then. Yeah. And one thing that people always ask me is what is the craziest thing you found? And I mean, we can go on a list of all the crazy things that we have dug out of the water <laughs> for me is finding a hand-painted funeral urn in the river had to be one of the craziest things i found i remember you know i found this urn that was half like buried on the sand and most of the time i'm just like gonna leave uh that kind of stuff you know when we find santeria or any kind of like uh, religious offering, you know, I just leave it be. But this lady that, she was a volunteer, and it was her first time with us. She's like, no, let's take it out, let's take it out. So I kind of was helping her like dug out, you know. And, you know, at the end of the day, we always get it together around the trash. We take a picture and we have a picture with that funeral urn. And then right after that picture was taken, she jumps on the urn, she grabs it. And she runs to her car and she leaves. And I never see her again. Wow. See, so, so yeah, that for me was one of the craziest things that I ever found in the water. Uh, what about you? Yeah, where was that at? That was at, um, I want to say, I know it was the Econ River. I just don't remember the specific park, maybe... What's it's that a, one by the, the YMCA? Blanchard. Blanchard Park, yeah. I think it was in Blanchard Park. Amazing. And you never, you never saw her again after that? No. And I remember Beth was like, oh, the volunteers cannot live with the trash. You know, we have to, like, 
talked to her. I'm like, I don't know who this lady is. <laughs> so she okay. had like a funeral urn like in her house. You know, it was beautiful. It was hand painted. Yeah. It was ceramic. It was uh, had a lot of uh, like Asian motives, and it was pretty good. You know, maybe four, four to four three feet. Did um, it look pretty old? No, it looked it looked new. Interesting. It, like, uh, it was new, yeah, and it was it was the I remember the it was sealed. It was almost like part concrete inside. It was heavy. Wow. Yeah. So I I get that question quite frequently whenever I I bring up to somebody or in conversation whatever that we do these cleanups, and I think over the years it's kind of changed. What's the weirdest thing that I've found? Because where we go it can be in a real like suburban or urban neighborhood, or it can be out in, you know, the country somewhere. Um, but wherever we are, the water is a place where people put things to forget about. So whether you're, you know, driving down the road and you see trash on the side of the street or, anywhere eventually a lot of that trash will end up in the, in the waterways that we clean up so you know I, I found so many different things mixed up um from like the beaches to um you know on the lakes and rivers and stuff the weirdest thing i found um out on the east coast of florida on on a beach was what i presume later on was like the remains of a, a raft um and you know right near there's a a state park that has um rafts that they've pulled up from the ocean that mainly come from cuba um you know immigrants take the the rafts that are powered by a little car engine or something like that and they'll either get shipwrecked or make it to the coast of florida and uh the park service will pull out, you know, remains of rafts and stuff. So we were out there, I think it was late last year and we found a bunch of, a bunch of styrofoam just looped together. Um, huge pieces of styrofoam and it had like tw big branches and stuff that were uh, lashed together to it. And we didn't really find any engines or like a rotor or anything like that, but it struck me after the fact that it must've been, um, you know, somebody's raft, uh, inland, um, we get different stuff too. Uh, like you said, with Santeria, um, I found something that we opened up later on after the cleanup and it turned out it was, uh, somebody's ritual offering and it was pretty, pretty complicated stuff. You know, it, it haunted me for a while after that, but uh, yeah, what we find in the water is quite unique around here. Yeah, I remember uh, you telling me about that, and I uh, consulted one of my friends that is very into the occult, and he said that uh, there's no problem in us finding that kind of stuff, you know. So um, it was nice to to hear that, to know that we're not gonna get like haunted by it or something. And <laughs> I yeah. just I just miss being on the water. Honestly, I know right now we're like on a pause because of this whole virus thing. And you know, before I even started with this cleanup, you know, uh, before I met you, me and my family we used to volunteer at this uh, free clinic called Sharper's Hope. 
where you go in and you help in translate people that speak Spanish or Portuguese and even sometimes French, you know? Yeah. And you, you go with the patients there and, you know, they're telling their stories and then you translate it to the doctors. And, you know, for me, it was very emotional, you know, like hearing these people's health problems and really struggle. And I was like, you know, well, like I understand this is a very important volunteer thing, but it was taking an emotional toll, you know? I was like, I want to volunteer with something that is around animals, is around like um, saving the planet. And that's how I got involved with EcoAction. And it, it's, it's a big part of my life. You know, I met a lot of my best friends, such as yourself and, and Bill and everybody. And it's, it's something that I'm missing. And, you know, when I got sick, like I couldn't do it. And that was really a struggle for me, you know. But now that I'm getting better, I have so much energy, I'm ready to go. But now we're on a lockdown. So <laughs> I hope for us to to go back on the water and return the work that we want to do. And I mean, do you feel the same way? Do you feel like like a part of you is missing now that we can't go on the water? Yeah, no, I totally get where you're coming from. Um, I luckily have a kayak. So whenever I get that itch, I can make it out there, but it's definitely not the same thing as being with, with all you guys and having a, a common goal being out in the water. Um, hopefully once things subside or calm down a little bit more, um, we can all start our group cleanups again. I know, um, we've been on hiatus for, I must be closing it on two months now. Um, which is the longest that we've taken a break since we started this a few years ago. But yeah, hopefully soon we can all, we can all make it out there. Yeah. It would be great if we can have a cleanup with uh, our friends, you know, like Adam and Amy and Eric, and so many other people, you know, and you if know? you're interested to, to join us, uh, you can go to a uh, meetup or Facebook and look up our recon of central Florida. You know, areas usually posting the schedule there. Um, we're happy to have you. We have uh, some spare kayaks that we can uh, let you use. And uh, Ariel, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to uh, talk to us. And, you know, a lot of people are stuck at home, but they still want to do something good for the environment. So I was uh, saying, you know, with your experience, you know, leading cleanups and your environment efforts, what is one thing that people can do from home to make the world a better place? Yeah, definitely. Um... You know, we're all hopefully consuming a little bit less since we've been staying home. Um, something that we just recently did was uh, start collecting all of our, our vegetable scraps. And um, my girlfriend just made a delicious soup out of it yesterday. And, uh, you know, it's something that I don't really keep around um, to do anything with. And I was uh, surprised and and pretty um, happy that, that she got that started and something so delicious came out of it. And it's awesome, man. Yeah, so use uh, consume less and then use what you have, right? Definitely, and even something that you don't think you can use later, um, you know, in moderation, uh, collecting stuff and, and upcycling it isn't, isn't bad. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Ariel, thank you so much for being here with us. And I look, to for, uh, look forward to seeing you on the water soon. Yeah, definitely. See you soon, Frank. Bye-bye.